Hello and welcome to Imperfect Men, yet another Rexypod rating all the founding fathers of the U.S. from Andrew Adams to George Wythe. I'm Cody. And I'm Stephen. And today we are discussing Abraham Clark. I thought you were going to say Lincoln. I was like, oh, what? I think it, that's not, no, that's too too further on. <laughs> yeah, that's Abraham little, Clark. Little past our era. Yeah. Maybe there should be a Rexypod on Civil War figures. Uh, I'm sure there is. There's not. Oh uh, yeah, I guess Put you would that know. Put out there into the ether. I'm not doing it. Somebody what? else can do it. Well, you could do like um, generals or Civil War generals or something. You mean you could? Yeah. You mean really? I mean, make one about any listicle, I guess. But already off track. Yeah. So, Clark, Abraham, yeah. Abraham Clark, Big Abe, born on February fifteenth, seventeen twenty-six, in Elizabeth, New Jersey. New Jersey. The only child of Thomas and Hannah Clark. So a rare only child from this yeah, usually of time. Like, usually like 10 kids or whatever. Yeah. Only child. I, I can identify, so yeah. This guy, a little, little special place in my heart. <laughs> okay. Uh, he had an aptitude for mathematics as a child, so immediately losing that place in my heart. <laughs> so his father set up young Abraham in an apprenticeship to be a surveyor. Ooh, sounds fun. <laughs> At least it's a different profession. <clears throat> That's true. Discussed, but... That's, yeah. While he was apprenticed <laughs> as a surveyor, Abraham began studying law. No. And he decided to become an attorney. Oh, God. Come on, man. I know. We could have had something different. We could have had a surveyor. I mean, yeah. it's not yeah, it's not much better, but it's something different. Yeah. Uh, he married Sarah ha- Sarah Hatfield in 1748, and they would have 10 children. There it is. Ten yep. chi- did I not say that? 10 you children? Did. Call it it. Uh, he developed a reputation as the, quote, poor man's counselor. Okay. As he typically represented people who were too poor to f- afford an attorney. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. You're, yeah, you're, you're going to see a theme here. He served as the Essex County Sheriff in the 1760s. Okay. And he was elected to the Colonial Legislature in 1775. Okay. So, like, right as things are starting to kick off, he's he's becoming more prominent in state politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was appointed to the Continental Congress in June of 1776. So, like, right before the Declaration is ratified, like, as it's being debated, he's appointed to Congress, and he votes for it and signs it. Cool. So That's why we're talking about him. Uh, he continued his service in Congress until 1778 when he was elected to the New Jersey Senate, but he served again in Congress from 1780 to 83 and 1786-88. to He attended... The Annapolis Convention in 1786. We'll go into that a little bit later. And discussed how best to fix the Articles of Confederation, agreeing with the other delegates to hold another convention, the Constitutional Convention, the following year in Philadelphia. He did not attend that because he was too ill. But afterwards, he was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives, and he served from March 4th, 1791, until his death on September 15th, 1794, in Rahway, New Jersey, aged 68. Hmm. Okay. So, solid life. And yeah. we'll, we'll go into a little bit more details here, as we typically do. Perpetual Union. Mm. How influential were they on the founding documents? So, as I said, he was selected as a delegate to the Second Continental Congress. Now, at the time, we discussed this a little bit on our special on the Lee Resolution, our July 4th special, on, you know, kind of like how the Declaration came about. And New Jersey, up to this point, its delegation had been 
more conciliatory, wanted to reach a rapprochement with Britain, was not really in favor of independence. Whoops. In June 1776, the New Jersey legislature, this new this new like state legislature, replaces its entire delegation and fills it with pro-independence people. Okay, that's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Just get rid of them and get some people in there that we we want. Well, yeah, I mean, they're supposed to be representative of. Oh, the there state. you go. That's true. Yeah, and Good point. Uh, and they're chosen by the legislature, so they're replaced. And one of those replacements is Abraham Clark. He arrives in Philadelphia on June twenty eighth, seventeen seventy six, the very day that the Committee of Five presented the draft declaration to the whole Congress. Dang. So, meaning, he had no input into its actual wording. Right, right. So, <laughs> he's just there. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he probably takes part in, deb- in the debates, uh, but he does end up voting for it. Okay. Doesn't really contribute to it at all, other than doing that. Right. So, can't really say much for him here. Now I mentioned the Annapolis Convention. I'm I'm gonna go a little little bit of a segue on this because this is is worthy of explanation. So the Annapolis Convention it was a meeting in September of 1786. And I remember the Constitutional Convention met in it met in uh, 1787. This Annapolis Convention, not to be confused with another Annapolis Convention <laughs> from about a decade before mm-hmm. uh, in Maryland, that well. was the. Revolutionary era state government. A lot of for, things happen in this place. Yeah, during the first few. Well, it's capital Maryland. So oh, welcome there you. Go. During yeah. the first few years of the revolution, this is a, the second Annapolis Convention. This is a little different. Twelve delegates from five states met to discuss uh, kind of some trade agreements uh, between the states because remember at this time the government was under the Articles of Confederation, mm-hmm. so not a lot of central authority. So the states have a lot of leeway to kind of come to agreements amongst themselves. And this had kind of been established the year before, in 1785, so I'm kind of working backwards a little bit before I work forwards. In March 1785, there had been this thing called the Mount Vernon Conference, and it was just delegates from Maryland and Virginia. It was held at Mount Vernon. That's why it's called that. Mm. Discussing, like, use of common waterways, like Potomac River, uh, Chesapeake Bay. And this was kind of the template for states to come together to make their own side deals outside of Congress. Mm -hmm. Because up to this point, relations between the states were largely just in Congress. Mm -hmm. Since, you know, it's kind of of its point. But Congress is so weak. The Confederation Congress is so weak under the Articles that... I'm too weak. These states are like, it might just be easier if we just come together ourselves and make agreements amongst ourselves. Yeah, was it like Palpatine? They're like, I'm too weak. I'm too weak. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Oh, I'm too. Please don't, don't let him kill me. <laughs> as soon as he sees that arm cut off, unlimited oh, power. <laughs> what like, snake? Yeah. Anyway. It's good though. Anyway. Star Wars. Yeah. Aside. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Well, every time I hear somebody's like something about being weak, I'm like, I always think of that. So. Yeah. Right after he gets all burned up. Um. So that kind of creates this template, like these states were like, you know, maybe we can kind of get together and solve our differences outside of Congress, just get some get some guys in a room and they talk. And that's kind of what this Annapolis Convention is. There's delegates from five states, uh, Virginia, Maryland, 
Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. And some of the other states were going to send delegates, but they didn't, for whatever reason, didn't send them. And other ones just kind of ignored it. <laughs> nope, not doing that. <laughs> so, I mean, there's not, like I said, 12 people from five states. It's not enough to make big national changes. And essentially, you know, this was just to meet about, you know, different, like, trade relations between these states. And they're all, these are all states in the middle of the country. And they realize, you know, trade, it's kind of this touchstone topic. It really, you know, affects pretty much every way we relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. movement of people, commerce, taxation, everything. So it's like, okay, let's maybe get more of the states together. And let's meet up next year. Mm-hmm. And maybe if more of us get together, we can find a way to, you know, maybe you know come to more of these agreements, or maybe just fix the articles, because that was originally what the Constitutional Convention was, you know, ostensibly called for was to fix the articles. Mm-hmm. As only once they got there, they realized, oh, let's just replace the thing. Yeah. So this Annapolis Convention, you can kind of look at, at it as kind of like a precursor to the Constitutional Convention. Okay. So, and Abraham Clark is there, and a few, a few other people we've talked about, or have talked about, or are going to talk about. Uh, James Madison was there. Okay. Uh, I think Samuel Chase was there, but I didn't want to talk about it, because yeah, we had other stuff to talk about with him. Sure. Um, but yeah, so, they they get there, they start talking, and they decide, like, hey, let's call for this convention next year. Clark, uh, this is according to James Madison, who was there. Clark was the one who formally proposed, okay, let's have another convention next year. Okay. Now, people, they'd probably already been discussing this, but Clark is the one who, like, formally, all right, let's get this on the record saying we, like, as a group, we are calling for another convention next year of all the states. Okay. And they include this in their report to the Confederation Congress. So, you know, Clark doesn't come up with the idea of the Constitutional Convention, but he is the one who formally, you know, proposes it. Okay. And as I mentioned, he was appointed as a delegate to the Constitutional Convention, but he couldn't attend for ill because he was ill. Ill, yeah. He was getting up there in New Year's and he was ill. So, but that's what I got for Perpetual Union. Okay. Didn't really contribute anything to the Declaration. Technically, wasn't at the Constitutional Convention, so he didn't really contribute anything to it. But he was at this kind of pre-meeting, so to speak. Sure, yeah, like that. They were like, "Okay, we should do this yeah. again, but yeah. more productively." Yes, more people, <laughs> more states yeah. involved. Yeah, and it's not like the Annapolis Convention was the only thing. Like, okay, we're having the Constitutional Convention because of this, because of what these people are saying at this meeting. Other things happen, like you know, uh, Shays Rebellion is going on at this time. Uh, and that's probably why Massachusetts didn't send anybody. Right. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, you know, so then that will, of course, have an effect on it. But it's just one of the, you know, one of the, you know, things cited is like, okay, let's have this constitutional convention. Okay. So he's part of that. I, I mean, I feel like he should probably get something for I'm it. I'm getting, I'm going to give him three. Three? Yeah, I'm going to give him a three. I mean, that's out of ten, so like. Yeah. I feel like three is not. He did some stuff. He's the one that was like, hey, we should do this again. I mean, you know, I don't know. I feel like a three is, it's it's not a lot, but it's not yeah. nothing. I was going to give him a two, kind of the same reasons, but 
as we've established, I'm a little more, I'm a little less <laughs> generous than you are. But wow, there's just so many points to work with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with a two because it's like, yeah, he was there. He discussed some things. He put it in writing, so to speak. He right. did. He did the for the formality of it. Sure. Um. So. Yeah. So he for me he did a little more than just a two. Yeah. Because he he's the one that was like, listen, we should get back together, yeah. get this on the record, that we need to get back together with all the states involved. Yeah. That was more than just doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did nothing, we gave him a zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, that's still. I would still give, I still give him, like, even a one or whatever, even if he was, like, just part of the debates. Like you said, yeah. he was part of the debates. So, it's like, I'd give him, like, a one or two for that. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I mean that's still. Honestly, like overall, it sounds about right. Like a three and a two is a five for a perpetual unit, which sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, that sounds yeah, right. That's yeah. fine. So, uh, next up, we the people. What do they do outside the founding documents? As I said, he was certain various local and state offices. Uh, when he was a member of the New Jersey legislature, he sponsored a 1786 law that banned the importation of enslaved people into New Jersey. Ooh, I like that. New Jersey no longer takes part in the slave trade. It still has slavery at this point. It just does not... Take part. Like, take part in the actual trade. The trade. Importation of people from Africa. Well, I I like... That's good. That's progress. Yeah. I like that. Uh, He served in the U.S. House of Representatives from 1791 until he died in 94. While in Congress, he sponsored legislation that put the word liberty on U.S. coinage. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Which well, That's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. It, I mean, it's nothing, it's nothing groundbreaking. It's a little it's, anecdote, though. It's kind of nice. Yeah. That's that's all I got. <laughs> that's all you got? What, nothing about his time as a sheriff? No, no. There's no stories or anything. Basically, like, the sense of what you got is that he was very focused on helping the people. Like, he was all about, like, equity and, you know... Uh, Treating people fairly, especially really? like the downtrodden of society. Well, dang, okay. So there wasn't anything specific. Okay. But it was just a general sense that okay, he was kind of looking out for the little for the little guy. That's that's nice. I like yeah. that. So you don't have to be loud and boisterous to nope. look out for the little guy. Nope. Yeah. He just kind of he kind of quietly did it. So that that's there, more there, admirable. There was life. one story where. Because, you know, he was prominent in New Jersey. You know, he was a member of Congress legislature. And during the Revolution, uh, a couple of his sons served in the in the military. And one of his sons was captured and put on a prison ship, which were really these horrible places that the British would put American prisoners. This these floating, barge, like, rotting barges yeah, in I, the harbor. Yeah, I think they, they called them, like, coffin ships. Yeah, because so many people died on them. Yeah. And... The British offered, like, hey, you know, member of Congress, okay, well, you know, maybe we can come and arrange, we'll release him for some prisoners. And he was like, well, I, like, you shouldn't treat him any differently than any other prisoner, just because I'm, I have the station I have in life. You know, what okay. about the other people, like, what about the other prisoners, like, I'm sure they have parents, too. Wow. So. Forward-thinking man. Yeah. So I like, like that. Like, like, very much, like. This is shaping my opinion of him already. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Which you know what I mean by that. I know. I know. <laughs> so what do you want to give him for We the People? Okay, it wasn't a lot. I'm gonna give it, him like it a, wasn't. I'm gonna give him like a four. Four. It was still good stuff though. Like very, very good stuff. 
Yeah. So I I, like, that's going to be, you know, I'm going to give it a five because it was such good stuff. I was thinking a three. I'm, I'm like, going five. Because, like, he was very equitable in his treatment of people. The, sl- the slave trade thing. That's a big one for me. Which was, like, a point and a half. And then half a point for the... <laughs> See, it's like for the coin. It's like three points for the trade, the slave yeah. trade thing, and then another couple points for all the other good stuff he did. Yeah. So five. Well, five and a three. That is an eight for we the people. Yeah, I'm middle of the road, which is about where this guy is. Uh, articles of impeachment. How scandalous were they? Ooh. Oh, Cody, come on! I couldn't scrounge some something up. I did, but you're not gonna like it. Oh no. Let's hear it. He enslaved three people. Oh, Abraham, why? Who were not freed per the terms of his will until after the death of his wife in 1804. Oh. Remember, he died in 1794, so ten years after he died, oh. his his three enslaved people were finally freed. Dang. Which, again, the way he treats the little, the little guy... You'd think he would be like, listen... And the fact he pushed for the ban on the slave trade... <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. No. I mean... It's the hypocrisy of it all with a lot of these guys. It's so weird. Like, like, like Thomas Jefferson is like decrying the evils of slavery while at the same time, you know, working many of them to the bone on his yeah. plantation and raping one of them. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it, it's... <laughs> the, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what, why, why are you I, doing this? <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. It's such a... Yeah, it's... I don't know, man. To get in the you mind like them a of, little bit less now, don't you? Yeah, to get in the mind of one of these guys that think this like this, you know, like they yeah they have these these forward thinking ideas, but they then they take like five steps back because then they're like, oh yeah, well I, of course I have slaves. It's like what what hold on now, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? You yeah. just it's uh, yeah <sighs> whatever. It's just because these guys are rich, man. They're rich, and they and rich people they just want to be more rich. So the easiest, you know, back then, the way to do that was to have slaves. You didn't have to pay them. Yeah. I mean, even even if, like, you factor in, like, you know, overhead costs of feeding and housing and clothing. Yeah. You still. You still, you're coming out you, on the You top. don't have to pay a wage. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And a fair wage at that. Yeah. Like, it's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's like Thomas, Thomas Jefferson, you know, it's like he had this huge plantation, basically. Like, he had to have. If he would never have been able to afford it, if he didn't he have couldn't free, afford it anyway. free labor, well, he, well, he it would have. Well, he couldn't afford it because he just wouldn't stop building things or buying things. Yeah, but like expensive <sighs> things from overseas. Well, he's even more so though. If he had yeah. to pay all the people that was working for him, yeah, like yeah, he well, never exactly, would have well, been. Well, honestly, if you think about it, the amount of money they put into feeding and housing, clothing. Uh-huh. Why not just pay them a wage, and they could buy like, their own like stuff. What you were going to spend on that anyway, pay them a wage, and then they're like, as with anybody else with a job, they're responsible for the for feeding and clothing and housing themselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it makes more sense to do it that way. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird, man. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just, probably a power thing too. Well, yeah, it's like owning a power people thing and a race and a racism thing. Sure. Because yeah. plenty of them were like, well, you know. We, we, like, especially, like, as time went on, you saw this more and more, like, the more we got to the Civil War, was, like, the, you know, them trying to find excuses to keep slavery. is like, well, um, 
they they're they're too stupid to be on function, their own. to be yeah. on their own. Basically, we like really it's a service we're providing them. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's real disgusting. Yeah, but. that's the thing. You could free them and then teach them. Yeah, like what what are you it, talking well, about? Well, also, it's like it's not like they're stupid. No, they're not. That's These what I mean. Stupid. They people. can learn things. So like even yeah, if you well, well, they've never like, had to experience. They've never had experience outside of like the plantation or whatever. You can still teach them to live outside of the plantation. Well, They're pe- people. They're human beings. Them, like Jefferson, you know, Jefferson Washington, like especially these big, huge plantation owners, they would send their enslaved people, like some of their enslaved people, to learn specific trades. Yeah. So they could do that at the plantation. Exactly. And some like, of them were like, like masters of that trade. Or carp- you know, yeah. carpentry and stuff. It's like. It, it, it boggles the mind. Yeah. It boggles the mind. And again, there's a more expense. Because they gotta, they gotta pay for that. Yep. It's like what? What? <laughs> it just doesn't. We're trying it. to ascribe logic to an illogical. System. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It, it, the more we talk about it, though, the more I'm like, it, slavery really just made no sense. It was all just a power thing. That's all it was. Yeah. Yep. So, but that's all I got for articles of impeachment. So. <sighs> well, that sucks. Lots of the default four. It was four. like again, he had like two steps forward and then four steps back. Yep. So four and a four is an eight for articles of impeachment. Yeah. Next up, your favorite category. Ooh. The whites of their eyes. Do we get to see this man? What this guy look like. This weird weird hypocritical man. (laughs) This is a later recreation of a painting from about from the uh, from the from the uh, uh, late eighteenth century, so Okay. Okay. It looks like he's un- younger there, huh? You think yeah. so? I mean, he doesn't look like he's gray or anything. Because <coughs> that's his real hair. It's not a wig. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's not wearing a, yeah, he's not wearing a wig, which is... It's or, a good... It's not, it's not pulled back. It's a it's a good likeness. I mean, it looks... I mean, I mean, I don't know what the guy actually looked like, obviously, but... But, yeah, I mean, it looks realistic. So... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a dude. A white, another white guy. Yeah. Well, what do you want to give that? I'll give that like a four. Four? Yeah. It's pretty um, good. Yeah, it is very detailed. It is. Yeah, um, it's like a really good... But you said it was a re- re- recreation, but yeah. I mean, still. Recreation of an earlier painting, but, you know, it's like... Um, maybe a three and a half. I don't know, like, <laughs> for some reason looking at that... He kind of looks like that guy that would be like, you know what, slavery's bad. We're gonna, we're gonna ban those those slave trade routes. Yeah. And then he's like, but at home he's like, hey, hey enslaved guy, get me a sandwich. He looks <laughs> yeah. like that guy, yeah. <laughs> like like a hypocrite. Yeah. I don't know if a hypocrite really has a look, but There's I feel like that's bit. what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go three and a half. So that's a seven and a half for the whites of their eyes. Um. Uh, yeah, it, you know, on the slavery thing, I I did kind of go into a little bit of a deep dive because I was because you know there's this perception that like you know he's from New Jersey, so you think oh he's abolitionist or he didn't have slaves. Yeah, he wasn't Quaker though, was he? No. Yeah. Um, slavery, especially at this time, it was not a oh it's only in the South type of thing. Yeah. Of course, like several states in the North would ban it. You know, around the Revolution, shortly after, and then years after. New Jersey and New York did something very specific. 
Okay. New York in 1799, New Jersey in 1804, where they had the gradual abolition. Okay. So, basically, it was this odd thing where if you were born after a certain point, you would be free at a certain age. Okay. Yeah. It, well, and also because something came on slavery, a a person's status as a as an enslaved person was based on you know if their mother was enslaved. Okay. So if your mother was enslaved, you were enslaved. Okay. Which meant like a lot of the slave owners who were men. Mm-hmm. Who would you know rape their slaves mm-hmm. and produce more slaves? Oh right, yeah, mm. yeah. Okay, Icky. wow. But uh, so so yeah, New Jersey like and they would uh, after a certain point enter into what was called an enforced like I think it was called enforced apprenticeship basically. Okay, they weren't technically slaves. Okay. Yeah, it was it was real real <laughs> finicky with like the legalese. It's kind of like the it was the the um the Irish they did the Irish. What was that they call that? Indentured servant. Indentured servants. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like this process where like okay, well, eventually slavery will die out, and it won't be as such a economic shock to the system basically, mm-hmm. which is. Better than nothing, but it's also not great. Mm-hmm. And this was to the point where there were still slaves, like legal slaves in New Jersey up until the Civil War. Dang, really? Yes. Jeez. Yeah, which I found interesting because you think, like, especially by the time of the Civil War. All the northern states yes. were. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, That's it was, weird. It was very interesting. Yeah. So, because New Jersey, it, it's... Not a southern state, but it's also like not New England. Sure, yeah. It's a little yeah. closer to the south. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just across the bay from Delaware, which was a slave state. Right. So, I, I just found that interesting. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. So, but anyway, that digression over. Uh, bonus round, uh, one point for signing the Declaration of Independence. Declaration. Yes. Which, he showed up at the last minute, voted for it, and signed it later. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which gives Abraham Clark a total of 29.5. Mm. So about middle of the road. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's a middle of the road guy. <laughs> yeah. But the score doesn't matter. Uh-oh. It doesn't? Not for our last question here. It doesn't. Okay. Which is, what is, is Abraham Clark <gasps> a founding father? Yeah. Or a floundering uh-huh. father? Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> What do you think? Floundering because hypocrite. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's it's like, dude, what are you doing? You're, you're preaching all this you know, anti-slavery stuff, and then you have slaves at home. Come on. You know, I was thinking, like, when I was typing this up, I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, this guy, this guy, you know, he's been a real nice guy so far, but then he has that slave thing. I'm like, the slave thing is, is what's going to do it for Steve. <laughs> <laughs> on, I, was, I, was I right. know, you know, I it's right. going to be real difficult when we get to Thomas Jefferson. I know, like who like raped his slave? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but I mean, there's not really going to be. I mean, come on, it's Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> Can his contributions outweigh his 
shittiness. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. It, it's just like nothing stuck out to me with this guy. Like there were like there were some little things. Like okay, nice guy, help help the poor out, you know, with their legal stuff. Um, I'm almost thinking now. After almost all. did a couple, th- you know, did a couple of it, th- but it's like nothing was like. He's I'm, just yeah. kind of forgettable. I, well, and now I'm thinking like maybe he was doing that stuff just to look good. You know what maybe I mean? Maybe or like maybe clear his own conscience. Maybe or, I, maybe. But uh, but it's just like just yeah, don't do it. It's like I. I wouldn't tell people about this guy because it's just like he's just so boring. Yeah, there's nothing to him. There's just nothing to him. Yeah, there's no like fun story. There's no like fun impeachment like William Blunt. Yeah, you know? it did get us to talk. He did get us to talk about slavery a lot though. There's I don't want to talk about slavery. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't really touched. We haven't really talked about it. You know, and it's a big uh, part of this well, time. We did it a couple episodes like Pierce Butler, but not like this. Yeah. We really went. We we deep dived on this one. Yeah, not like this, especially like. In New Jersey, from a for a New Jersey exactly, guy. exactly, like, especially like Southern guy. Yeah, we'll talk about it with Southern people because yeah. You know. But this was like a whole different situation too. It's a hypocritical situation. Uh, yeah, which is different than just talking about you know these guys that didn't care. They just, they like were just Butler, doing it because they're actively doing it. putting it in the Constitution Ex- or trying yeah. to get it in there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, sorry, Abraham Clark, you are a floundering father. Flounder. Yeah, it's funny. Because he does have a high, it's a lot of these like, guys have a high like high school named after him. He has a high school named after him in New Jersey. Does he really? Yeah. If you Google stuff, like if you Google to look up stuff, the high school shows up in search results before this guy does. <laughs> wow. <laughs> before the guy at the school is named after. Nice. I feel like that says something. Says a little bit. Yeah. I can't believe he even got a school. Well, I mean, if you're home t- it's like maybe he's like the only guy of note from that town yeah true yeah so uh so uh sources for this uh ruth bogan abraham clark and the quest for equality in the revolutionary era from 1982 uh as always the biographical director of the u.s congress uh, his page from the descendants of the signers declaration of independence site and as always, see the pinned tweet for general sources. Uh, podcast to recommend a uh, yet another Rexypod that's out there <laughs> called Primetime, ranking all of the British prime ministers, from <laughs> Robert Walpole to Rishi Sunak. That's a uh, that's a clever name. Yeah, it's Primetime. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I like uh, that. That's good. That's good. It's a good one. Uh, I thought you were gonna say um, like. They rank um, like late night show hosts or something <laughs> at prime time. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that is not a that's not a bad idea because I because I do love late night talk show. Cause hey, I put I it mean, out there, dear Lord. I've been watching Colbert on his various shows for twenty five years at this point now, nearly. There we go. Maybe closer to twenty years, but yeah, that's not bad because yeah, I mean, you get Carson, you get Jay Leno, you get Letterman, Conan O'Brien, Colbert. Craig Ferguson. Craig Ferguson. Uh, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, we'll just put him last. Jimmy. Jimmy. He's, he's just well, the other Jimmy. He's automatically ranked last. The other Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Arsenio Hall. Why would Jimmy Fallon be last? Because he's terrible. Well, he's not terrible. He's awful. No. John Stewart. John Oliver. There's a lot. Yeah. 
That's 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 not a bad idea. And I think there was even later ones than that. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you can get real deep in the weeds. Like Joan Rivers had a show for a while. Yeah. Uh, God, who are the other ones? That Trevor Noah. Uh, Samantha be like it's just uh, all the late night cor- uh, all the uh, Daily Show correspondents who eventually had their own shows. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Seth Meyers. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's George Lopez. <laughs> George he had a show for a little while. Did he really? He was the like he had a he, he had a he, he had the eleven thirty eleven thirty slot on TBS, and then when Conan went to TBS. They bumped George Lopez's show back an hour. Really? And like a season later, got canceled. <laughs> wow. I was like, so Conan like, uh, kind of forced him out a little bit. Like, whoopsies. Oh, that's, that's... Poor George. Yeah. Oh, well. His sitcom was pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's, not a, that's not a bad idea. I had to think about that. Okay. <laughs> I had to jump on that. Uh, so I, love, I love late night. But, but yeah, uh, prime time. British prime ministers. Uh, they just started, so few episodes in so go listen to them uh so next time what is next time who is next time i don't know who's there who's list listening for in front of me who's on first uh what's on second uh william klingon not klingon <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. not william klingon not not bill klingon <laughs> klingon william klingon all right klingon we're yeah. coming for you Please be sure to check out our other projects, including We Effed Up, a history podcast where we cover all the times in history where we effed up. And The Drunken Pawn, a YouTube channel where we play board games and drink craft beer. As well as Hard Ticket to Sedaris, a movie podcast covering the action films of the late Andy Sedaris. And for all of our projects, visit our Twitter at AOP Pod Network. I'm Steven. And I'm Cody. And this is Imperfect Imperfect Men. Men.